Testing, testing. Say something, Jamie. Oh, uh, Rebecca's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Okay, Jamie. Yes. Welcome. Thank you for being the intro to um our episode. Thank you. Uh, and you're welcome. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so. What are we going to be talking about today? <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about... Good question, Boo. By the way, this is my um, seven-year-old brother, Jamie. Um, we're going to be talking about a fashion designer called Megan Hunts. And I showed you some of her um, her clothes. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What did you think about it? Well, I mean, they're mostly like just like probably like... Most of them were probably like one color. Uh huh. But they're kind of playing. But all of the all of the dresses, they both have a really nice color. Nice color. Didn't you say they looked really fancy? Mm-hmm. Really fancy. And hey, James. Okay, so this is a little over your head. Okay. But um, do you know what ethical fashion is? No. Okay, we're gonna be learning a little bit about it. But it's when a lot of times, you know, if you can buy clothes for really, really cheap, mm-hmm. that usually means someone in another country didn't get paid very much money and so they work really hard but they barely get to pay for their kids to have food okay and is that okay uh-huh no it's not James. oh oh i'm sorry i was <laughs> no listening. it's not no <laughs> okay so one thing megan thinks is really important uh-huh. is for the people that make her clothes get paid enough so that they can like feed their family and like go out for pizza and stuff uh, that makes sense yeah don't you think that's a better idea so anyways her clothes don't hurt anybody and oh. a lot of like the cheaper clothes, it's not okay. But she's a designer. Did you see the picture of her dog Georgia? Mm-hmm. Okay, Georgia. It isn't it a cute dog? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you would love Georgia. So sweet. Um, Georgia was like running around the whole interview, so you're probably gonna hear a lot from Georgia. Um, she was really sweet. Megan was really cool. Wait, you met Georgia? Yeah, I interviewed Megan at her store, so I got to meet Georgia. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you like dogs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jamie, so are you excited to listen to this episode? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you think, um, what are you most excited about? Uh, I'm excited. Well, mostly I just want to see Georgia. You want to, well, you can't, it's, an, it's a podcast, Jamie, so oh. you can't see Georgia, but I can show you more pictures of Georgia, okay? Okay. Hey, Jamie, mm-hmm. thank you for being such a big help. For the intro of the podcast. Thank you're welcome. Uh huh. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Bye bye. Good job, Jamie. I'm like I wasn't really paying attention, but I paid attention a, a little bit. Okay. Cool. Okay. Hey guys, I am recording this under a blanket of the Union Jack in the floor of my bedroom. Um, just. <laughs> Um, because this is one of those things that my sister and I always complain about, and it's a sound quality apology. Um, we've always been like, why do people say that? I literally don't care about the sound. But one of my regular customers, Rob, um, I told him I had a podcast. He said he was going to listen, and he's a sound engineer, and he's like, babe, your sound is so bad. We just had a sound editing or sound recording class. Um... I don't know why I'm saying all of this like questions but anyways I would like to apologize for the sound it's gonna be better um in the uh after the next couple episodes which I recorded all kind of in a bundle in the same couple weeks it's gonna be getting better this is a creative process 
and I'm learning in front of y'all as I go. Um, yeah, we're doing our best. I can't afford anyone, so I have a blanket on my head on the floor. All right, I apologize for the quality. Definitely stick around, though. Megan has some really great things to say, and um, so do all my other guests. I'm in love with all of you. Okay. Let me get her, um, maybe she'll do well. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what inspires your clothes? And Georgia will just sing for us. God. Feel free to start recording. Okay. Fabulous. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for, I, I want to point out that all I've, I've forced myself upon you twice. (laughs) No, you you haven't. Well, like I came in and I was like, where should I get my nails done? (laughs) And then you were like, over here. And I was like, okay. And I came back in and I was like, what should my friend that's a model do to stay safe? And you were like, here's some advice. And I'm, (laughs) so I think I'm treating you more like a therapist. No, I mean, the door is open. You know, these are the kind of conversations that pop up here all the time. Yeah, yeah. With everybody. Yeah. And so, like, that's part of what makes an awesome community. Yeah, and I love that. I feel like um, I've seen you post on your stories how, like, friends are just here. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think, since you have your cute puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is – all of a sudden, you've become very – oh, I don't want to – I want to interact with your dog, but – George is happy she's right very, now. She's very busy with she's, her bone. Oh, I love it. So does she? is she at the store every day? Yeah, just about when I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's going to be a shop girl. She, We got her uh-huh. on a Friday and brought her home on a Friday night. And then Saturday, she was here with me. Yes. Okay. I love it. So she's, I'm just breaking her into it. Getting her used to it. Mm-hmm. There's a, I worked at a jewelry store for a little bit and the dog would, the dog just was, it was fine jewelry. And the dog, it's just, and if you just treat it like, yeah, this is this is our dog that we have. No one freaks out. If you, like, apologize, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, like, this must be so annoying. Then people will kind of comment. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, yes, this is a Siberian Husky. Would you like to buy yeah. an engagement ring? <laughs> then all of a sudden people are cool. So I did a little bit of um, – I was looking at um, how you got started. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think that I'm really fascinated about clothes is it's very mathematical, which my brain is not – a math person, but you first trained, not trained, I'm thinking actor words. Um, you studied, <laughs> thanks. You studied Same thing. industrial? Industrial design. Okay. That's what I got my undergrad degree uh-huh. in at Pratt Institute. Yes. Yeah. And was that always with the intention of making these beautiful clothes? No, I mean, when I was going into college, I had been creatively working on painting, fine arts painting, oh, oil I love painting. That. Yes. And that was really kind of my entree into like the creative yes. world. And I had an internship at a friend's graphic design agency. And so mm-hmm. I had kind of gotten a little bit of that, but I, it was really like painting in art school and high school. Yes. Um, where like I thought that I was going and then I got there and you know you get to do a lot of things in your foundation here and you have to kind of choose a direction yes and that's what I chose because everyone coming out of that program was so dynamic and exciting and energetic and they had amazing skills Mm -hmm. and they were employable and okay it just seemed like an interesting career path yeah and honestly like 
you know, the fine arts department was just less interesting to me. Yeah. It seemed like there was just like a lot of, and I, I mean, I love fine arts, represent fine arts, like, yeah. uh, very strongly. Um, but you know, at that point in time, it felt like it was just not very exciting. Like mm. there wasn't that much innovation. There was a lot of, um, kind of mellow drama and like a lot of just pain being yeah. worked out through art, <laughs> which yeah. is, which is important. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like, you know, if you're talking about art therapy or whatever, mm. but you know, I think that my main criticism of art in our era right now is that a lot of it, not all of it, certainly, but a lot of it is just this kind of like, self-indulgent mm -hmm. sorry I'm going off no I I love this because I think some people think they will they'll say like oh clothes and then they're like that I think they don't realize how connected to art it is I love this so you were talking about self-indulgence yeah so you know I think that there's a lot of artists who kind of take the path of working out their own healing mm -hmm. through their artwork but the the problem that I see kind of with that mm -hmm. Um, is that it's not really why why should that be interesting to everyone mm, yeah, yeah yeah you know and it's kind of the same thing that I feel like with um, kind of like the moment that we're in with this kind of like self self-care and stuff like that it's yes like super important you know take care take care of yourself yeah but like you know too much sharing about it is like too much for me yeah and like at a certain point we've got to kind of like close the circle and do that healing mm -hmm. you know you kind of got to reach a conclusion with it mm -hmm. um and i feel a little bit that's that same way about some some art that i see these days um you know it's like you know why should anybody care so yeah. when i'm doing my work as a designer that's yeah. kind of the first question that I ask myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, why should anybody care that I'm doing this? Um, you know, what is relevant about what I'm offering to other people? Mm -hmm. Like, it it wouldn't matter if I just, like, was all about my self-expression. Yeah. Because, I mean, that I think there's a time and place for that. Yeah, totally. But that doesn't mean I need to put it out in the public eye and be like, now validate what, like, you know, I need to express my relationship with my parents, so I'm going to do a painting. And maybe that really is something that I personally need to express, but maybe that isn't for, I don't need to put that on the world to validate than what I've done. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this is just my point of view. Like, yeah. this is just part of my creative process and, like, where I begin. Mm -hmm. I try to come at things, like, as a point of, um, from a point of, like, how can I serve mm -hmm. someone with what I'm designing <clears throat> or what I'm creating? Yes. Um, and that's really something that comes from industrial design as well. You know, it's like... It serves a purpose. You never design something in industrial design <laughs> so that it, like, doesn't function. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I think of clothes. And, you know, like, on a more, like, woo-woo level, on a more, like, you know, I guess, kind of emotional level, I've always believed that, um, you know, our mood our self-esteem can really be elevated by mm -hmm. what we have on yes and 
I've always tried to use fashion not as a superficial kind of like a tool to kind of like make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would love to make more money. Yeah. Um, I have a for-profit business. I don't want to sound sanctimonious. Um, but, you know, the point is that like everything that I'm designing gets considered for who might be wearing it and how they might be living their lives mm-hmm. and how what I'm designing can bring more joy, can bring more positivity, can make them feel great. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that inner beauty really brings out that outer beauty. Mm-hmm. And so I've always dedicated myself to that pursuit. Yeah. Okay. This is, maybe this is just me, but I love a swishy dress. I love some like big flowiness. And I, when I was looking at some of the pictures, I feel like all of it has this movement to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it almost like kind of brings out like the little kid playing with the dress up box where it's like, you're kind of like, people are like, Oh, this is a beautiful dress. And then you're like, no, but watch me turn around. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like there's something really joyful and, um, yeah. And okay. So one thing I was looking at on your Pinterest board, you have a lot of beautiful films that you've pinned. Mm -hmm. One of them was, um, uh, four weddings and a funeral. Mm -hmm. And then what's her face? Um, the really glamorous lady who looks, Sad and she's in love with Hugh. Sorry, you might not. Even, oh, you yeah. might have just liked her look. Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah, yeah, she's and amazing. Yeah, how it's like it's like I think even like her in that film because when I watch it, she's so freaking classy. She's but like I feel like her clothes are kind of like an armor. Mm-hmm. It's all classy and it's put together because you like spoiler alert. She's in love with Hugh Grant and it's very sad. But I feel like all of your clothes look like they belong in a film, and I love how you're. How it's all shot looks very cinematic. Thanks. Which, that was something I was talking with Madeline about, is all of her shots look really cinematic. Yeah. It, they look like film stills. And yeah. I feel like that's something, and you're, I feel like maybe you're attracted to kind of like this timeless look. Because it's something, yeah, it, yeah, it's something that like a woman will find beautiful today in your store, but then also in 20 years, it'll still maybe be making her feel beautiful or... Um, a younger female that she'll pass it on to totally or man or whatever. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So how is, how has it all changed since? Cause I've, your earlier stuff had more of a, it's not tie dye, mm-hmm. but what, what was that called when it was more like it was dyed in this really creative way? Mm-hmm. I would kind of do this, um, dye process where it was almost like I was painting the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had worked on that for a long time. Um, is that, sorry, when your oil paintings, what kind of paintings were you doing? Was it very abstract expressionist? Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I mean, honestly, like as a, as a painter, I'm not like a cutting edge artist. Okay. Like I really enjoy it for myself, Mm -hmm. but it's not like, it's definitely not my gift. Okay. Um, but I love to do it. Yeah. I, and I love to kind of incorporate those same kind of like skills or mm-hmm. kind of techniques and kind of bring that into my design work. So kind of following that, because one thing I'm really trying to highlight with talking to people is I think a lot of people think like, oh, you decided to design clothes and then you've just been doing it well and everything keeps working. Was there something maybe like painting where you pursuing one path, you hit a wall or maybe yeah. for some reason you had to transition down a new path. Yes, I I feel like I've 
I've maybe failed at this four or five times, like hard really? in the process of, of building it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That was one thing when, once I got the idea for this podcast, I was like, I was like kind of praying. I was like, I know I've failed a lot. I want this maybe not to be one of those failures. Cause I feel like I will fail in something else, but I feel like, um, as an actor, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've failed. I just haven't gotten anywhere and I haven't gotten where I want. Mm-hmm. So that I think in turns maybe feels like a failure. But um, what was I going to say? So what was like a path you were going down? Because you were in Italy for a while, but now you're here in Atlanta. Was there like, did you reach a point in Italy where you were like, I, I can't go any farther with what I'm trying to do? Um, yeah, I felt like I kind of reached a point where I had done just about everything that I had sought out Mm -hmm. to do. And that's one of those really intuitive things where you just kind of have to get still with yourself. And it's like, you know, what's the direction I need to take? And you know, the answer, Yeah, you know, when you're kind of at the end of the road. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like that. I didn't have anything that was really, keeping me there and spending that many years there um, Was it 10? Without, without, well, so I started out studying in Barcelona in 98. Okay. And then I did a few studies abroad in Italy, in Tuscany and Florence, kind of in like 99, 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. And then I did my graduate studies and I actually moved there mm-hmm. to Milan in 2003. And then I was there for the next five years. And then I lived in Barcelona for two years before I came back to Atlanta. How did you, so were you working jobs over there? Were yeah. You still set, okay. Yeah. That's I so worked cool. in the denim industry. Denim. Mm-hmm. And then. Which is very trend focused. Okay. And that's when I had the opportunity to really learn about mass manufacturing. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot about textiles. I learned a lot about cotton mm-hmm. and how much water is wasted when mm-hmm. we make a pair of jeans. Did um, that influence how, because this is all, is it sustainable? No, it's slow fashion. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Did that influence you wanting to focus on slow fashion? Yes. Okay, cool. And, you know, the Italian culture and Italian design influenced me a lot. That yes. informed a lot of, um, you know, what I do today. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that you know, in each area of Italy, there's a focus that the region has on a certain kind of product. Mm-hmm. And usually it's kind of a local resource that the local talent has taken. And they might do the same thing over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. but they perfect it. Yes. And they really make it the best that it can possibly be. That's why the made in Italy mark is so valuable and is so known across the whole entire world because, you know, they kind of like take something and they will just repeatedly do it until Mm -hmm. it's, it's really uh, excellent. And it's like generational too. Yes. It's knowledge that's being passed down. Yes. And we, and we don't really have that here, but I saw the, the, the value and kind of like the power in what you can do with what you have in a certain area yes, and all of the benefits of it being local and how it can benefit a community mm-hmm. and how 
um, doing something kind of in a slow, handmade fashion um, can really create something that's very unique mm-hmm. and make people want to get it from all over the world. So how are you utilizing that in Atlanta? So I manufacture everything here locally in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I work very closely with my factory. I spend probably about a day there every week. Oh, that's awesome. We do a lot of product development there. And it's a, excuse me, I'm kind of like scratchy throat this morning. So I probably sound kind of crazy. No, you're fine. Um, But yeah, we do a lot of product development. We, um, you know, work really closely on the fits of everything and, really like do very fine details from the inside out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of my things are unlined. And one of the reasons is because I, one of the things that like I hate more than anything is when there's a fine piece of clothing, beautiful fabric, Mm -hmm. beautiful finishings, and then it has a really crappy polyester lining. Yeah. So a lot of the times, I just do things unlined Mm -hmm. because it's kind of unnecessary. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of like an extra layer that you don't need. And, um, especially with Atlanta heat. Yeah. I definitely designed for my climate as well. So, you know, a lot of those online little jackets and dresses, they go really year round. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like there's like a, there's a rusty, yeah. The, the rusty like tunic thing. I feel Mm -hmm. like you could pair it with like, an amazing like chunky turtleneck in the mm-hmm. winter yeah. and then all of a sudden you look amazing and then you can pair it with like sandals in the summer yeah it's a really weather transitional piece yeah definitely. I love that yeah you know I think that just for my customers and like going back to that idea of like you know who am I serving who mm-hmm. am I designing for and you know what is their life like you know if I have customers who want to spend on a top or, you know, 300 something on a jacket Mm -hmm. or a pair of pants or, you know, 600 on a dress, I'm going to make it worth their while. Yes. Like I'm going to give them the opportunity to wear that a lot of times a year, you know, over the course of many years. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, like maybe they pass down, you know, that's the hope. Or, you know, there's a lot of really cool programs starting to pop up with different different companies um there's a great shop called coco and misha okay and they're very focused on slow fashion and vintage and they have a uh, slow fashion buyback program which is also really cool so let's just say i have a customer who buys something and then they've worn it a bunch of times and they feel like they've gotten their their value out of it mm-hmm. they can take it to Coco and Misha and sell it back mm-hmm. and then they will in turn resell it to someone else. That's awesome. So it can, you know, the lifespan of the garment continues, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. And there's a lot of things like that happening. Um, my friend Sani in Athens, Georgia, she owns a shop called Community and she has a line where she does a lot of repurposed vintage, but yeah. then she also has new things and she sells my things as well. Um, did I meet her briefly? I don't know. Does she have cool? Does she have cool hair? I, I mean, I guess you can't say your friend yeah, doesn't have cool hair. <laughs> no, she's a really beautiful woman. Yeah, so, I think she, I met and her And she briefly. has blonde, blonde hair. She's German, okay. but she's been she's been in in Georgia for a long time. I love. Um, um, oh, oh, no, 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 no. She's not chewing on my backpack. She's just 
Um, no, it's totally fine. This is an example um, of a, let me grab that. My backpack. It's my dad's from 30 years ago. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. He went, um, my mom was like eight weeks, no, eight months pregnant. And he was like, oh, can I go hiking in Ireland <laughs> on a business trip? And it was their first kid. And she was like, sure. And um, <laughs> that was a bad idea. Um, but yeah, that's, I get more compliments on that backpack than anything. If like guys are looking at me, I'm like, I know they're looking at the backpack. <laughs> and then I've got approached a few times. People are either trying to buy it off me or, um, or people say like, oh, I got on Orvis and I can't find it. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's because it's from 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's really going out. I know. This I love it. She wanted to make an appearance on yeah. the podcast. Oh, definitely. <laughs> She's like, I, I would just turn on this mic and sit next to Georgia all <laughs> day um so how long have you been in this store how long did Since, it take you to like get enough momentum um so i opened the shop september 1st of mm -hmm. 2018 awesome so we're almost at a year oh, which that's awesome. feels great and um before i opened the shop i had had a shop within a shop okay we called it a shop and shop and actually we won an award from atlanta magazine for best shop and shop um, okay. I was with David Kowalski at Brick and Mortar on, yeah. on the west side in yeah, West yeah. Midtown, West Side Provisions. Um, and he has about 5,000 square feet and does just the most amazing furniture mm -hmm. and um, antiques and vintage design stuff. And um, what started as like a one-month pop-up mm -hmm. was a two-and-a-half-year kind of wow. yeah, collaboration between us and it was so fun okay. and it went really really well um, and that was an amazing way for me to kind of dip my toe into mm -hmm. what it's like to have a shop because when I started my business I really intended for it to be a wholesale business yeah. okay and it is so I do have a wholesale line that I sell to some boutiques across the, the country yeah um, but the now that I've opened the store the retail and the wholesale are kind of neck and neck as far as my business is concerned. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's so, been really fun. What are you hoping for, like, your brand to grow in the next couple of years? What are you, like, being ambitious towards? I'd really like just to do more of what I'm already doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love having the shop. Um, definitely one of my goals is to train this, this little puppy to be the – the perfect shop dog. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it's such, she's such we're on a our cute way. dog. Oh, yeah. So it's like so totally on the way. She's, does she ever pee in the store? She she does only very very infrequently. She's kind of still afraid of the traffic outside. Yeah. So she. I'm afraid of the traffic yeah. outside. When she heads up to the front door, if I'm not fast enough. But usually she's she's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, and she's got a really good nature. She loves everybody. She's super friendly. Yeah. I, so the goal is to train Georgia. Yeah. Not to pee in the store. <laughs> That's a really good goal. Well, or just to just to be chill here yeah. and not not try to destroy everything. Yeah. She hasn't gone to the clothes though, has she? No. Okay, because then that would be like you know ten percent off. Like Georgia chewed on it. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to rule that out. We've still got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's so exciting about um, 
I didn't realize that you did so much wholesale, but mm-hmm. I feel like that so much of a business is people don't know mm-hmm. everything that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of real fast? Cause I know, you know you're open technically. Um, <laughs> what kind of woman are you designing for? Oh, what kind so, of person? First of all, I just have to say I have the most amazing, awesome, interesting, talented, smart, customers I think in the whole world I'm so so lucky in that regard Um, the women who shop with me are all ages Mm -hmm. from you know not really 20s because you know the pieces are kind of expensive if you're in your 20s but let's just say let's start with the late 20s yeah into 30s 40s 50s 60s my mom is 71 uh-huh. and she wears my clothes and her friends come shop with me and they're all amazing so you know I think that's a testimony to the fact that it is timeless it mm-hmm. is kind of ageless and you know I've always um, designed collections with this kind of idea that you know I'm not I'm not really creating a collection so that you can wear a total look of Megan mm-hmm. Hunt's Mm-hmm. I'm creating these pieces mm-hmm. that are designed in a way to function for your life. Yes. So it's a very different outlook of a fashion collection. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it serves, you know, all of these different ages and all of these women of different backgrounds. And, you know, I have some, um, you know, most most of my customers are either working in a creative field or mm-hmm. really like locked locked in and like very well connected in a creative field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, they're just they're really? just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love they're that. my constant inspiration. They're that's what so keep cool. they're what keep me coming back. Okay. Yeah, I love that. And. Um, Cool. Thanks so much for talking to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm thank you. Yeah. Thanks for, for letting me hang out with George. <laughs> I think for like her sanity, I'm going to stop recording. Um, <laughs> she, yeah. She's excited. No, I love it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Um, one more disclaimer. The blanket is back on my head. I called when I was telling Jamie about it. I think I called it ethical fashion. And in the interview, Megan calls it slow fashion. I'm not entirely sure the differences, just being honest. Um, but I know that those are differentiations um, <laughs> that um, are very important to the people that make the clothing. So just wanted to state that. All right. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.